Right now, a future president could be running as a local candidate on your ballot. This person is vying to represent you, your family, and your community. Do you know what they are and what they stand for? Vote411.org is your tool for accurate and unbiased, up-to-the-minute election information on the candidates running in local races. Just enter your address to get started. Your vote is your power, the power to decide who represents you in 2022 and beyond. Get online, get the facts, and make your voice heard on election day. got you dialed in perfectly so let's get cracking um let's get it right from the top so everybody who doesn't know you or could know who you are what's your name and what office are you running for aloha my name is fina Benoan, and i am running for u.s senate and i'm a libertarian so i'm not a republican or democrat mm -hmm. and um before we go into the office and its details, could you give us a brief history about yourself so folks can get to know you? Okay, just a brief history about myself. Um, I'm an American. You know, I was born in Florida, raised in North Carolina, moved off with the military, um, traveled around the world, and landed here in Hawaii, the most beautiful place in the world, the most perfect place in the world. And I met my husband here, who was a local guy, born and raised, and he's uh, in the military too. And this is where we choose to be. This is where we've decided to spend, you know, the rest of our lives at. Like Hawaii is paradise, and we're so blessed to live here. And I've always wanted to serve the people and serve our country. So I grew up very poor in North Carolina, and. Um, I had a single mom, you know, she, uh, she's actually yesterday was her birthday, but she's passed away. She passed away when I was young. And, um, you know, being a child of a single mom that was like a waitress and she made $2 and 13 cents an hour, you know, she, she stole biscuits from Red Lobster for us. And the reason why is because she couldn't get food stamps. 
And she couldn't get food stamps because she smoked marijuana. And that was it. And these are the kind of problems I see with our system. I have not forgot where I came from. I'm in a new place. I'm in the most beautiful place. I'm in paradise. And, I, and you know what I see, my friend? I see the same problems. I see people that have created the system that want to help and want to do good. But the execution of it, they're missing the most vulnerable parts of our community, you know, the kids. And um, so that's kind of in a nutshell who I am, what I'm doing, and why I'm running. Right on. Well, speaking of execution, this is also a learning experience for our listeners because many, many people aren't civically engaged enough and they don't know the terms and the definitions. So could you help our listeners at home better understand the office that you're running for by giving us a little slice of its responsibilities? Absolutely. You know, I wanted to uh, talk about those responsibilities that we um, as a senator would have and what your current senator has. Um, One of them is to give the consent to the president on who they elect for their um, ambassadors, public ministers and consults and, and judges of the Supreme Court. Okay. And so that's one of the responsibilities. So it's, it's, it's having a say on the Supreme Court judges. Of course, there's also um, enacting laws, declaring war. And one that I think is particularly important that we should be talking to our senators about in Hawaii is treaties. And um, so I went to school at HPU. Uh, that's where I graduated from uh, after I did my GI Bill there. And when it came time to take history, I decided to take Hawaiian history. And I thought it was important that if I'm going to live here, I'm going to spend my whole life here. I need to take Hawaiian history. I didn't need to learn about the Wild West of, you know, Texas and all that stuff. I, I had plenty of that education from the mainland. I wanted to learn about Hawaii. And when I heard about how the kingdom was overthrown and how we were annexed, I say we because I live here now. I'm a state resident. I've lived here for almost 10 years now. And um, as a person that's a libertarian, um, we do not, um, let me, I want to make sure I word this correctly. We do not condone the use of force to achieve political goals. So what happened, that's like our core principle. So what happened with Queen Liliuokalani, her being forced into, um, giving up the kingdom over that, that, that all over force and it, it, it resolved peacefully. But the reality is there's, there's treaties, there's, there's rights that can be made. There's, or really more like wrongs that can be made better. Cause I don't think we can really write something that's, we can't rewrite history, but we can try to make things better. We can rewrite, we can write the future. You know, mm-hmm. so um, in a nutshell, that's that's uh, the Senate, you know. Right on. So let's cruise right into uh, your campaign. Uh, what would you say are your three biggest interests in, in bringing up in the Senate? 
Okay. The first one, and I will, I feel like if I were to be able to get this done, like it's, it would benefit so many people. And that's to end the Jones Act. The Jones Act out here in Hawaii has been crippling the economy. It increases all the price of goods and services. Um, Even, you know, during COVID, the shortages that we had on toilet paper, we were hurting on toilet paper way longer than the mainland was. Now, let's before we go into this deeper, so that way, for those listening on the mainland, they don't understand much of this. And we have quite a few mainland listeners and, and Kanaka's away from home that like to stay interested. And so if you could break down, essentially, in, in as little words as possible for people to understand, essentially what the Jones Act does to Hawaii. Okay, so the Jones Act is an over a 100-year-old act that Congress passed that requires all goods to go to a American port first. It also requires all the ships um, to be American made and have um, like American, a certain number of American crews and be owned by Americans. And what that essentially does is it secures jobs in California at the price of our cost of living out here in Hawaii. That, in as few words as possible, is what the Jones Act is. It's job security for California. And it's not just California, actually. It's Florida. It's New York. It's any of the big ports that are making it to the point where it's not smart anymore. There's there's videos. There's, there's on the Internet, just look up the Jones Act in Alaska. There's this conveyor belt that people put stuff on, like boxes that they've got to ship, and they put it on the conveyor belt, make it go a cert, like, certain number of feet, and then they put it back on their truck. It's, it's, it's an old, outdated law. It's We're in a new economy. We're in a world economy. We don't need the Jones Act. So that's Jones Act. <laughs> right on. I think that's a really big discussion for people to have. Not many people are aware of it. Uh, I personally have a really good friend who tried to make an investment in a food truck business, and because of who he shipped his food truck through to get to Hawaii, uh, the response from uh, from the port was, uh, you either got to pay us to send it back or you got to pay us to smash them. Mm-hmm. You know, so like that, that gets in the way of progress for locals. It really gets in the way of, of accessibility. So um, I, I really appreciate that you're bringing that to the forefront. Okay, so that's, num- that's one. Uh, two is legalization of marijuana or really more like descheduling it yes it doesn't a schedule one narco, uh, like drug it's not it should be sold right next to like st john's wort or um ginseng or the all those vitamins and minerals that you see on the shelves that's really essentially what it is it doesn't have to be approved by the fda or anything like that if someone wants to take that let them take it really a lot of people it's it, it's going towards more of the old folks anyways that are wanting to use marijuana. And who are you to say, no, you can't have that, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like who something like that to them. So, and, and the whole stigma behind marijuana, it's gone away. Hawaii is like so behind in it. And, and really the that. country is too. There's other countries that are legalizing it. Why are we making enemies out of our neighbors and friends for these things? Like it's none of your business if your neighbor smokes pot. That's that's the reality of it. 
Like, are they coming into your house and smoking pot? No. Leave them alone. You know, let people be them, govern themselves. They're individuals as long as they don't affect you. So, um, marijuana. And um, the third thing actually kind of ties with marijuana. So, in America, as a veteran, I did serve 10 years in the military, who has a medical marijuana card, I do have a medical marijuana card, I'm not allowed to own a gun. I'm not allowed to purchase a firearm. I'm not allowed to even touch a firearm. And that's egregious. And the whole reason why is because I have a medical marijuana card. And so my third thing, if elected to the U.S. Senate, isn't to do anything in particular, but to defend our Second Amendment rights. And that's all I got to say about that. Shall not be infringed. No, I uh, I really feel that there's quite a stigma that that comes with the the labeling of having that card, you know. And then I also saw a lot of issues with uh, veterans on the mainland. I worked in veteran homelessness for almost a decade, and uh, and I saw that there, there was a lot of misconceptions about like the quality of a person's thoughts or life just because they they took a toke to make their life easier, you know. I I think that that stigma shouldn't shouldn't really get lumped into a category of saying whether or not you're responsible enough to own a firearm. Um, you know, my, my, my views on guns are one thing, but the, the entitled rights of the people are, are what's actually in the conversation. So I, I do agree with the sense that, you know, people shouldn't be held to some unworldly standard, you know, outside of the norm of standards. And I think that, you know, you bring up a very good point with that. Um, do you have anything beyond those on the horizon, uh, if elected? I take everything into consideration. You know, I, I, I read, I do the job. I've, I've always done a good job at whatever I put my mind to. And um, I'm, I'm not, I can't be bought. I'm a third-party candidate. I got, I got $4,000 in my campaign funds against... Brian Schatz, who's got four million. That's literally a million to one. But who do you want serving you? Somebody that's been groomed, somebody that's been set up from, you know, childhood that was born into the right families and did all the right things. And I'm, you know, I wasn't even born here in Hawaii, but I'm here now. And that's part of who I am. I don't come here and say that, we just inherited all this. Oh, well, this isn't my fault or it's not my problem anymore. I'm going to go to roll up my sleeves and do the work. Not to play games in the, in the parliament. Not to, not to vote yes or no whenever the other party says the opposite. I'm not in there to go um, say whatever some lobbyist told me to. No, I'm going to serve the people. So speaking of the people, one thing I'm asking from all the candidates is, what do you believe the people of Hawaii can do? 
Uh, not just in the sense of elections, but in the sense of their community right now and for the future. They can do whatever they want. The sky is the limit. Their potential is only limited by their imagination and their will. So I think that if I were to say someone to do something as an individual is, is to follow your heart, follow your dreams, work hard. And maybe that's about politics. Maybe it's not. The message is still the same, though. Right on. So we've got a few extra minutes here. Is there anything else you'd like to cover in detail before we go today? Um, well, you know... It takes a lot to get someone to vote for a third-party candidate. It takes a lot of work for that. It takes even more convincing and swaying to get someone to volunteer or join, join the party, even. But by far, the biggest obstacle there is as a third-party candidate is to get someone to donate to part with their hard earned funds and um, go against the system. So I want to tell folks with the, whatever ideas you might have about third party being a spoiler, whatever you think about a third party candidate being your vote wasted. Cause it's not, we earn our votes. We don't steal them. We earn them. And if you vote for me or you vote for a libertarian, it's because we earned it. We earned it because we came to the people. We work for the people. And we're not bought. Well, with that being said, how can everybody show support for your campaign, follow you online, or uh, interact with you in person coming up? Okay. Well, all right. So... Online, I'm on Facebook, Fina Benoan, on Instagram, I'm like Fina26, I believe, and I'm on Twitter as well as Fina Benoan. I have a website, finabenoan.com. I have a couple websites, actually, um, but they're not, not, no, like, only friends or anything like that, it, or only fans, but, like, campaign websites, material, but um, I have a YouTube channel, but I, I didn't say this on the interview, but I do have an art degree. And so I have like short films that I've made when I was at HPU. Um, and so that's how you can get in contact with me. Right on. I'll make sure that all Brad? those go in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Well, mahalo for coming on today. I'd like to ask you before you go, would you be up for coming on in about a month's time for a little bit longer of an interview and we could tackle some of these subjects in depth together. Sure. I would love to. Right Definitely. on. Yeah. So thank you for having me on and I appreciate what you're doing. I think this is a really good idea that you're doing and it's a good service that you're doing for the people having all the candidates on and keeping it short and sweet to the five, you know, everybody gets that same amount of time. That's, that's really good. Thank you for that. Aloha. Uh -huh.
Mahalo. I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate all of you coming out and stepping up and running for office and helping me educate the community because I think that's the most important part. So no matter what happens in this election, we've started a conversation to trade Mana'o, and I appreciate you helping in that. All right. Aloha. Aloha. <gasps> Rabbit Holes is a Manavakal production. This episode was produced by Kitika Hoke and Sarah Rodriguez. Make sure to subscribe and follow on your favorite podcast platforms to add our weekly episodes to your queue.